the theme for the afternoon talk with you is holding on and letting go. <clears throat> we find ourselves as human beings on this earth uh, moving through uh, life, obviously. We entered into this world from conception through to birth and there is a process which is uh, taking place and we are currently the, we might say, the living formations, the living uh, expressions of this whole movement of evolution uh, of life. We did not ask to take birth, we didn't plan it nor organise it, we find ourselves emerging into this rather extraordinary field of existence and the days, weeks, months, years and decades pass by in their own kind of uh, rhythm. And we, as part of that vast rhythm uh, and unfoldment uh, uh, with life, can recognise fairly obviously and simply that life keeps moving it doesn't stop still, it can't be frozen in time and with that our life is trying to find ways to explore, to be able to move with life freely, receptively and be in touch with it. But then there is this human condition inside of us and this uh, condition uh, uh, in us has the ability with our heart and mind to connect with a variety of things I'll touch upon this in a moment variety of, of things which can be understandably humanly enough important to us so what I mean by that is think of all that just goes on in your life and my life in a single day and all the touches upon us what you and I we see, hear, smell, taste and touch through the senses every day also what goes on inside of us primarily with memory primarily with the relationship to our self, quote-unquote, <coughs> and our relationship to the future. So there is this immediacy of the world around, there is the inner life which remembers that of past, present and future. Frankly, it's not a lot to work with. It's not millions of things it's what comes to our senses and what goes on inside that's it that's what it is to be human we don't have to look for some grand answer outside of it but to look at what is the experience through the senses and with the inner life and if we are to move freely because it's a liberation teaching to move freely through life then it requires from us 
just in, not an immense amount, just enough clarity in life to recognize and to know and to name specifically what am I holding on to that stops me moving freely with life? What do I cling to? What do I grasp onto and hold to such a degree that it puts me out of touch with the free movement of life? And as I said, in the wide variety, the multiplicity of things, look at it, multiple it is sky above, earth below, stars, flowers, trees, plants, animals, insects, human beings. Whoa! Out of all of that, there's only a small, tiny number of things which are a problem to us. <coughs> and these teachings include in it the aspect, and it's an important one, of seeing where the holding on to is, what is making the holding into a problem uh, there, and why does it get us out of touch with the rhythm of life? And it can only be what's either happening in the present, the way we look at it, what has happened in the past the way we look at it not because of it the way we look at it and our relationship to the future and the way we look at that and the practices while being mindful while engaging in the processes of uh, meditation while relaxing the body and finding some harmony in the body the process of it has a variety of functions and one of them is to make extremely clear what one is holding on to and to take some um, small examples uh, uh, You may have had this experience, you're human like the rest of us. You've been in a relationship, it's always the easy one, isn't it? One has been in a relationship. And the good woman or the good man has uh, said to you, um, frankly, in so many words, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. It could be on the other side of the could be the neighbour, but anyway. (laughs) There. So, the days, the weeks, the months, uh, the years, even decades, not too much in the decades in Britain, I don't know how it is. A bit more religious here in Israel. But in Britain, the average length of a marriage, marriage, I I personally have not been uh, married not quite my cup of tea but the average length of a marriage in Britain is uh, eight years there and it's going down year by year so probably be down to about eight months in a few <laughs> yeah. 
So there is a relationship, there is a marriage. And love and friendship and connection and intimacy and sexual enjoyment and much, much else. And then, as we know, some drift can take place. And two people might start losing contact and touch with each other. And then she, or oneself, then says, enough, thank you. Basically, get me out of here. Is that a test for seeing whether one is holding on to the other? Whoa. And when there is that holding on to the other, and the other is not coming back, that that holding can generate jealousy, fear, loneliness, self-pity, sleepless nights. It is not because the other left. The other doesn't have the power to make us suffer. But all too humanly, in the relationship to the other, and we may not even have realised it, that in the passage of time, we perhaps took the other for granted, which is probably one of the biggest reasons for the ending of a relationship. And we've been holding on to the other in a certain way and the gap has developed and out of the gap the person has said thank you I'm leaving you and then we're just left and if there's a healthy response there will be sadness it's not like oh never mind she's gone great there's always somebody else around the corner no 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 the feeling of sadness at separation and loss is normal, it is healthy, the wise, the, wise, the Buddhas, whatever, will experience the sadness. And, to, and we feel that because we're with her or him or for that period. But the holding onto, the clinging onto, the wanting, this is generating the pressure and the un- unhappiness for us. Just as it's one person in the world of seven and a half billion that the holding may take place, but can we find a way to see through the holding? And sometimes people say, oh, with great gusto, oh, let go. You have to let go. It's a nice one-liner, but it very rarely works for the person who is suffering over the loss of a loved one or, or a death or a change or a loss of a job or whatever it might be there. And so what is happening for us in which, and it could be here, as we engage in the process of the mindfulness and meditation, that calm and relaxation and that steadiness may give <coughs> an opportunity and allowance for something to emerge, to come out of us, which we notice we're obsessing about. And therefore we're getting a clear sense, wow, I didn't realise it, I really am holding on to this. 
it could be a small incident in the past and one didn't realize how much holding around this how many views are going on about him or her or this or that or about oneself and one's got an idea in the future uh, there one didn't realize just how much clinging and possessive and um, wanting is, is going into it so the relaxation and the calmness a little bit like putting the saucepan on low heat with water with the potatoes in it's a fairly poor analogy this but you get the point <laughs> uh, there. and when the water is boiling with the potatoes I don't know how your Israeli potatoes are but uh, the English ones are dirty and the black froth comes up to the surface. Have you seen that? And you kind of get, you know, you never have this. You must have incredibly <laughs> clean potatoes here. And you have to scoop off the black froth. You understand what I mean? Put the words, begin to boil. So retreat's a little bit like sitting on the gas cooker. <laughs> Doing a practice, oh, it's nice and warm. <laughs> and there the potatoes are boiling, but then some froth comes up to the surface. And then the tradition of the froth, actually it is an analogy which is used, but part of the knowing of ourselves, where there might be some holding or clinging on, is generally, some of you know, called the five hindrances there. The one, it's a major one, is the pursuit of pleasure, in which there is the wish in life to maximize pleasure to get as much pleasure as we want it is an addiction it's an addiction which consumerism capitalism completely depends upon and sometimes it is a compensation for something else sometimes I think consumerism and possessiveness and ownership is actually a terror of death don't think they're unrelated sometimes it may not seem like that for us but a lot of the pursuit of pleasure the obsessive must have I really need things, goods status, position, all that which can be pleasure, may be coming from within, from unhappiness, insecurity, not having looked at the process of the wanting, the craving, the neediness. And when we're unhappy or insecure, and humanly enough, having a difficulty dealing with it we want to get away from that unhappy feeling and sometimes the only way we know to do it is to have a brief compensation for it and it's called pleasure pleasure we had a man of age around 30 earning a lot of money in the as he said, the market uh, there are those gambling casinos called trading places and he said 
he was still unhappy despite making loads and loads of money and he would walk into the most expensive designer this is this is madness walk into the most expensive designer shops and buy expensive <coughs> designer clothes which were too small for him to wear to show to himself that he could afford it I mean, sir you have lost the plot <laughs> you are really out to lunch and that also didn't make him happy <laughs> he ends up on a retreat <laughs> all sorts of people come on retreats there might be, might be a few of you like that here we'll find out as the days go by so sometimes there is the movement of the wanting there is the pleasure there is the having and sometimes as I say the repetition of it is it's constantly wanting and holding on to Are we willing to lower the temperature for wanting and pleasure because there may be something deeper and more profound to find out? And if the material world, which is actually rather small in percentage, if the material world has a lower place in consciousness it has a place it has a useful place if it's exaggerated things, goods, ownership position and status if that has a lower place in our priority it has a place, I'm not denying a lower place the space due to that having a lower place the space will open up something else which is far more nourishing brings far more love and happiness out of us and there are people, women and men who have looked at the notion of being successful because they've got what have they got? they've got a nice wife or a nice husband 2.2 children and 2.2 garages and money in the bank and they're miserable and they've looked at that and said it didn't do it for me I thought all of that having that would make me happy it hasn't it can't the material world and having more cannot do it it can <coughs> give temporary pleasure and if one explores and said I need to find a good balance with that please give your good time for this during the day in order to see whether I can find a space to be receptive to something which is not about that one of the great saints of India Ramana Maharshi had a rather useful one liner he said if in this case money made us happier then as we got money, more money we get happier and happier because money makes us happy get more, get more and more happy and if the money started to go down 
Corresponding, we get unhappier and unhappier and unhappier. So, not giving that as much uh, significance in the, in the life still doesn't liberate the heart and life from other areas of holding. And one of the significant ones, even with a, a balanced, as I'm sure many of you have, a good, sane relationship to the world of goods, hopefully. But even if one has a sane, calm relationship with that material consumer culture uh, there, but still there is the issue of the self, the issue of <coughs> I, and, the, and its manifestation and uh, projection. <coughs> In your meditations, when the I, that's the self, the me, when it arises there, this, this is where the clarity comes in, when the self arises during the day here, what does it connect with? When the self, I, me, my, what is it connecting with? Is there a story that's going with it? Is there a wanting that's going with it? Is there a view about oneself that's going with it? Is the I comparing oneself with others in the room? So when the I arises, yeah, to be clear, this from the standpoint of holding for the moment, to be clear what the I connects with. Is it money? Is it people? Is it oneself? Is it what kind of view do we have about oneself? Is the I connecting with a negative feeling? Is it connecting with some thoughts which are putting oneself down, etc.? And to really be clear, this is the important thing here, really be clear, what are the words which uh, you are using in the judgment, if there is one, if, in the judgment about yourself? What are the actual words? And the reason I say this is important because the same words will have been used a thousand times. Same unkind, cruel, nasty, negative things that one says about oneself. It hasn't just started on this retreat. There's a pattern to it. It's been said regularly enough and quite often, mostly, with almost the same words. I am no good, I don't succeed, I'm a failure, it's all my fault, I never know if I'm doing it right, I'm <coughs> doing it wrong, or whatever. The many views. And if we're to know our self, quote unquote, it is one important aspect is to know what is the self, what to be clear about the relationship of the self to all this. If this doesn't change the 
habit will continue through one's life. And we have a challenge with our mindfulness and our practice to really see the eye clearly. So our mindfulness and meditation are not the goal in themselves, but a real contribution to catching the eye. Self-blame, self-pity, not feeling good enough. Catching the eye with the negative feeling in this case and the thoughts that go with it. And it's the sticky combination of these three. I, negative feeling and the thought. <coughs> and to see, ah, this is what is taking place. And to see if it's so well and clearly, if you do, you can't believe it. You just stop believing in it. And once you've stopped believing in this old negative pattern, it loses its power and it will go. It will have just been a summer storm and it will go. It depends for its reality that your wisdom or your clarity or whatever you wish to call it, it depends for its survival as a problem inside of yourself because you believe it. You actually think that negative voice is true. And once one starts to look at it and really sees, whoa, this is just an old pattern. It's got no relationship to today. It's got no relationship to sky above and earth below and just being here with some beautiful people. It's just something old that's there. It's got no relevance. And you, if you really, really see it, you can see through it and you will have no problem left with being hard on yourself, putting yourself down, self-blame, uh, self-pity. And that itself is a liberation from holding on to that view. It's one of the great freedoms of a human being that, that we can be with ourselves, we can trust in our being, and we have no interest, not even capacity to kind of beat ourselves up about anything. Of course we make mistakes. Of course there are moments of regret. Of course we have much to learn. We know we are human and we know we have the capacity to change but the one thing we're not doing is giving ourselves a hard time we're not putting loads of guilt trips upon ourselves we've, we've actually seen through all of those things there are times as well and they are equally important in this relationship to our so-called self and uh, each other <coughs> to really recognize and sometimes it's not easy for people to really recognize that which we appreciate about being alive and being human 
we need to be able once again to name that it's very very easy to get into a view I'm not really living the life I want to live I'm not really um, I don't really feel alive and that kind of view easy as well we can keep repeating it again and it gets stronger and stronger uh, with us and it blocks all that is to be appreciated which shows that one is alive it's no use keep repeating I don't feel alive we've got to really notice as much as we can the aliveness and that's in the small things so it could be in the delicious food some people come on the, re on the retreats mostly for the good food <laughs> 7.30 in the morning for breakfast and 12.30 lunch and 5.30 these are the peak experiences of the day <laughs> and the rest is all endurance and survival <laughs> etc and when sometimes we just to, just to take the, the delicious uh, food I mean just for the eyes there how in the nature the, the colours in one plate and even more so if you're in Israel the, the variety of uh, 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 colours just at the breakfast time you know, in England it's a kind of piece of toast and a bit of jam on top and a cup of tea so rather boring really but you look at the, <laughs> but just the colours is a feast there and it's this attention to and being touched to the plants the flowers the kittens the, 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 the dogs the birds the, the trees really really noticing and to, to feel that and you can't you can't buy that can't buy that receptivity and, uh, and appreciating the contributions and our acts of kindness it doesn't have to be an ego trip in any way it's a recognition quiet with some humility of we have something to offer we have something to share to others we have something to give and that's really important because it's the antidote to self-hate It's saying, wow, in this being is something beautiful which can be offered. We can, a major offering, may, we may not have the answers, it may just be really listening to another human being. And sometimes we can't answer. We don't know what to say. We don't have a, a solution for that person's issue. But the person will appreciate us because we've actually listened, we are listening we're not trying to tell the person what he or she should do we might just be asking some questions and sometimes in that communication of our listening the person speaking to somebody who is finally really willing to listen while talking the person may come up with the insight now you, that person may come up with what's necessary to do or we may possibly offer not tell, we may offer do you think you could consider this would you like to consider that 
And we need to recognize all these precious and important communications that we have with each other. And really, well, you know, we're human. We have our experiences. We may have the opportunity to listen and share with the other. And all of this gives a sense of our worth and our value as a human being. In the time here, with the silence, the noble uh, uh, silence that uh, take, uh, takes place, it is also the act of the offering. Some of you, perhaps plenty of you, perhaps uh, all of you, that one of the values of uh, the silence and your presence here is the opportunity to step outside, this is an important one, step outside of some major roles in your life. So in the inner world, there is the, should we call it, the formation of the self. And the formation of the self manifests often in a, in a role. Perhaps that role might be the worker, or the, the student that role might be uh, the leader that role might be the partner it might be the son and the daughter the father or the mother or the friend or uh, the neighbour or the person on the street etc so every day you and I in our everyday life are moving through a whole variety of roles some of them are really important for us and some are very short-lived there. The stepping out of the role is also, to a degree, stepping out of those formations there, which our life could seem to be exclusively around our roles, that we think our, who I am is my role, my roles. My life is about being a mother or a father or a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister or, 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 or a friend or a lover or a uh, worker or whatever. You think, oh, my life is my roles. They certainly have a place. They certainly have a valuable function. But it's not who you are. You are not a function. You are not just a role, you are not just an identity, you're much, much more than that. But if we're so attached and identified with the roles that we have, we think who I am and role is the same thing. You know, sometimes I'm on the travelling, I'm, I'm, I'm one, of, uh, one of those who in any possible way I try to avoid having a conversation with somebody who is sitting next to me on the train or plane Just, I have enough conversations every day uh, uh, there and so sometimes the person wants to start a, a conversation uh, with me and they say oh where are you from um, England I do apologise <laughs> or, or whatever and they, then they say what do you do oh god <laughs> and I say oh I'm, I'm a teacher 
See, I am a teacher like that. They say, oh, do you teach in primary school? Do you teach in university? I say, no. Looking desperately for my book to read. <laughs> and they say, oh, what do you teach? Oh, no, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm a meditation teacher. Oh, you teach meditation? Oh, I'm really interested in meditation. Oh, no, please don't read it. <laughs> Where's my book? <laughs> so sometimes it's like that. It's really, it's just, one, one wants to be out of the role, essentially. Sometimes human beings, we just don't want to be in the role. And we need space outside the role. You kindly made the commitments, you come here, and for a period of time, one steps out of the role uh, there. The roles, of course, or the memory, in fact, may arise over the days. It's okay that the roles do arise over the days. But the question is, coming back to the theme, am I clinging onto the role, which may be with fear, it may be with ego, it may be insecurity. Or, if the role is coming up there, is it, ah, this, which I see now, could support the role. This could bring more friendship to the role. <coughs> uh, some fresh new skills, some new applications of the role. So the role may arise, the role is secondary to what you bring to it. And the, and the major roles, we wish and we hope that in the days that you are here, of course, that when some identity or role arises, which it may over the days, there's not it's about the role, but what you can contribute to that role, what would be supportive for you and for the other, because every role invites the other. There's no role without the other. Not my parents are dead, but the, the son needs the mother, or needs the mother and the father, the brother needs the sister. Uh, the partner needs the partner, etc. So roles are always dependent. We want to be able to see. Yeah. But equally important, no, no, not equally, more important uh, there, is the experience of not having a role there. And someone said to me uh, on the... On, uh, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the uh, uh, retreat I, 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 I had to smile but she said very lovely you know, many lovely beautiful women and men on the on the retreats here at Tovana and she said I really really want a, a job you know, really just having a job finding some really really want a job and she said and she's very lovely and she's beautiful and then she said, I really would, I don't have a man in my life, I really like a, a man in my life. And then she came out with a, um, a memorable one-liner. She said, Christopher, I'm just not using my uterus. <laughs> Wait, <I> thought, <laughs> Do you know the Hebrew word for this? I don't know. 
<laughs> it's outrageous, isn't it? It's a, it's a memorable one-liner. <laughs> Sometimes in 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 our life, and I and she said, "What's your what's your response?" <laughs> Maybe not the best question to ask a man. <laughs> anyway, and I said, "My my first words out of my mouth, mouth words." There are far more important th- things in life than having a job and having a man in your life. And I mean it. So sometimes we can be going through the days, the weeks, the months, and sometimes the years, really wanting, which is a form of holding, wanting this or wanting that. And in that wanting and holding on to that, we keep having the feeling of what's missing in my life. Is it any un- is it surprising we start to feel unhappy? We start to feel what's gone wrong with my life, where is my life going? Because we've got an idea in the imagination, if I had this, in this case, the man in my life, the woman in my life, the job of my dreams or whatever. And one, one of the other women, uh, she, 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 she said to me, Christopher, the man who's in my inner life that I really want, I know exactly the man I really want, but I can't find him. <laughs> and I said, that man you've got inside of you, I tell you, I'm a man, he doesn't exist. <laughs> So sometimes we have this idea of what we want. We can't find it or him or her out there in, the, in this world. And I repeat again, it's a pity to feel unhappy and pity for oneself. When life is going on, it's still rolling on. So okay, that's not present in my life. It might be some sadness. It might be more struggle financially if it's the work situation or whatever, but my goodness, it's still sky above, earth below. There's still a tremendous amount to engage in, to be creative, to be loving, to serve others, to do voluntary work, to feel the nature uh, around us, to meditate, etc. And if I tell my dear friends who are living in a very tight financial budget and other things, and who are dependent on support from the state. And I say to them, don't feel bad about being supported by the state. Regard it as a grant for practice, for meditating in the day and doing your yoga and going out into the park and living a quiet life and some reflection and reading and keep your aliveness present. Don't give up. And those moments while we are here to really recognise too you know, the precious and beautiful moments which were unthought of, which we didn't expect to see or to hear or we didn't expect to be <coughs> touched by. And, we, and there's a, a beautiful nourishment that can come in that way in which the consumer culture cannot offer that. It can't offer what is deep and beautiful. It can entertain us, it can fill our minds up, but the deep it can't touch for us. And we want to be quietly receptive to that, so we 
the challenge of the meditations, looking at any areas of holding on to in life, not just using the overused mantra, oh, I must let go, but just looking if there is anything standing out where there is holding, just to ask oneself, what is another relationship to this situation which is not holding? I'm not denying, I'm not avoiding, I'm not trying to be detached from, I'm just asking myself as a human being, can I relate to this event in a way of non-holding and some understanding which takes the problem out of it? And that's part of our work here, it's part of our, our challenge here. Similarly, if I'm looking at myself in a hard way and giving myself a hard time there and I've done it and done it for X number of days, months, decades or whatever to use the quiet resources inside of them is there another way I can look at myself? And to really listen deeply, quietly, silently and to sometimes something beautiful comes out of our being to really trust in a fresh way of looking which is not putting ourselves down and all of this is part of the exploration of, of uh, freeing up the life engage in the practices mindfulness and meditation see any holding which may be going on seeing if a different relationship to that holding can take place Notice all the precious moments that can be arising uh, in the day. And if it's only at 7.30, 12.30 and 5.30, <laughs> good enough. It's still a worthwhile retreat. <laughs> okay, let's have a quiet minute, shall we? beings be clear at any areas of holding on to. May all beings experience a deep connection with life. May all beings abide in friendship and freedom. Thank you very much everyone for lending an ear. The uh, time now is um, five.